Please listen carefully. Oh, go Mike! Can't guard Mike! Can't guard Mike! Featuring your host, William the Guru Burridge. You don't want to keep him anymore because you just you just got opportunity to pick up somebody better. If you say you want to keep somebody, in my opinion, you should have to keep that person. You shouldn't be able to trade them off because you got someone better three rounds ahead of time. And special guest, Hacksaw himself, Sean Collins. I put out feelers. I put out feelers out there. I'll just I'll, I'll send this guy a ridiculous trade, and I'll send this guy a ridiculous trade just to see if they'll counter offer him something. Forget the lowest man on the totem pole, Matthew Walker. It, it could come down to they could draft a, a guy, get to the training camp, not like the way he said yes, sir, and tell him to get the hell out of town. Hey, well, look, the first thing I want to do is I want to talk about some of these trades, but, um, Look, let's go on and let the people know who this is. This is William coming at you. Um, you're listening to another episode of the Overdrive Podcast. Look, and this is a special podcast. I mean, we're just, we're relaxing today. We've been scripted the last couple of weeks, and today we're just going to um, talk and have some fun, and um, we hope you enjoy it. And um, if you don't, I'm sure we'll hear about it. But look, guys, um, as always, um, Mr. Matthew Walker here, Hacksaw Collins is here. Uh, well, I don't know if he's totally here, but he, I see him. Um, but um, we're going to have a good time today. So I'm just going to jump off into things I want to talk about. They're going to talk about what they want to talk about. And everybody's going to have a good evening. First thing I want to talk about is trades. Because, I mean. Why would you want to talk about trades? I just want to talk about trades because everybody knows, you know, we're in a big league. Guys, and I get slammed when it comes to trades. I'm not saying that I'm not at fault. I'm not saying I'm not at fault. But in my opinion, there's too much crying in this league about doggone trades. And my thing is, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong, I did put it out there saying I was looking for something for Cooper. But I said this last year, I said this at the draft party. If I take the initiative to put it out there and say I'm asking for somebody, I'm a grown man. Stop sending me garbage. I got two people like Matthew Walker and Sean Collins on a podcast with me every week, two of the most knowledgeable guys I know with me at fantasy football. You think I'm going to accept your dumb trade? Now, I may be wrong. Don't get me wrong. I probably don't come back at the time you want me to come back. I probably don't do nothing the way you want me to do it. But stop sending me dumb trades and then posting on Facebook and letting the commissioner know that I don't answer. I don't have time to sit here and type your response while I don't accept something dumb. So that's what I got to say about it. I apologize if I didn't come back in a timely manner. But my point is, if you want to trade with me, trade with me. Don't send me your cousin that you don't like and expect to get my sister or brother. That's it. Hey, man, we are very cousin-driven, so let's try to leave the cousins out of this. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, t- I'm tired of this, because I get slammed about this every single year. Like, I'm the only person that don't, uh, you know, come back within an hour and a half on a trade. Okay, I, I don't think it's the time frame that, that that's the issue here. I think the issue is that if somebody offers you a trade and, and they're just putting out feelers, you know, they just put out feelers, like Sean likes to do, then, then they are openly communicating with you and expressing interest in that player. Now, they may send you a below-the-belt trade that you may not agree with, but, you know, Sean did make a valid point that communication does work both ways. 
So if you if you really if you put on a page that you really want to get rid of somebody, and especially a name like Cooper, you're going to get a bunch of trades, and you're probably going to 50% of them are probably going to be bad. But if you go out there and you say that you want to get rid of this player, then and they send you a trade offer that you don't agree with, then the, as, as as adults we should be able to come together and be like, okay, hey, I did not like that trade offer. What else are you willing to offer? Like, don't just if I get a bad trade offer that I don't agree with, I decline it, and then I, I, I reach out to the person and I'm like, hey, that trade's definitely not going to work for me. What what else are you willing to give up? You know, stuff like that, and, and just communicate together instead of just both parties just keep sending trades back and forth and no communication ever gets done. That That's where I'm trying to go with it. Like, pick up the phone, call somebody. Like, it's not that hard. Like, Facebook... It takes longer to go to Facebook and type a post about somebody not accepting a trade than it does to open that Facebook Messenger app and ask them the question why they didn't accept that trade. So that, that's that's my thing is is nobody is communicating. They just expect trades to be sent and reclined or, or accepted, and then if you don't like it, you're supposed to counter offer. That's that's not the way a trade system works out. You think that in the NFL that a GM sends a fax to another GM and says, hey, I want to give you this player for this player, and the GM looks at the piece of paper and says, oh, I don't like that trade, I'm going to rip it up, and he sends another fax. No, they pick up the dang phone and they make a phone call. I encourage you all to do the same. I mean, I, 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 def I definitely agree with that. One more thing I want to throw in there too that um, Mr. Hacksaw brought us in on. I have two days on this. If I want to take 23 hours and 30 minutes, I have that right. I wouldn't do that. But and the, the big thing about what went down this week with my trade offers, when I put Cooper up there, yes, I started to get trade offers. Two of the people that sent me trade offers, they sent them as I was walking into work. Yes, I apologize. I didn't get back to you. But if you talk to another fella that sent me four or five trade offers, me and him have had three trades this week that have not worked. Ask him how consistently I've responded to him with a counter. So it's not that I'm not responding but the last two of y'all, I'm not going to say your name, that sent me some. You didn't even have anybody on your team worthy of Cooper. So I don't even know why you sent me a trade offer. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. So pretty I'll much let Sean way. talk about about the, the, the stat portion of trades and, and that because he, he did have some good insight about that. What? Well, I mean, for me, it, uh, even a garbage trade, which, Will, are you pretty much saying if somebody sends you a garbage trade, you're just going to make them wait for at least a day? Dude, I promise, I promise you, I have a wife and kids. I have, I'm a grown man. I promise you, I don't have any intent. I, this is all honest. I have no intent of making somebody wait on me to answer a trade. If I am not responding to your trade, it's because of the fact that I've got a little bit wiser this year. Last year, I didn't look at it, didn't pay enough attention to it. I got a little bit wiser, and I've started to click the review button, and I've started to look at that person as far as I'm um, looking a little bit further into the trade. Or it may be that I just ain't had time to touch your trade at all. It's not me ignoring you. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much what I was saying, and thank you for setting me up on that, Will, was even when somebody sends you a trade, I mean, there's a lot more than just saying, I like this guy, I want him over this guy. I mean, you got to look at, you know, a little bit of fantasy history, you know, at least at least last year's fantasy um, history, their usage, you know, how many targets they're getting in the game, all that kind of stuff. Um, even bye weeks come into play. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that – a lot more than just saying, hey, this guy, I want this guy for this guy, uh, just yes or no. So, And, and that's something that, that Will's picked up on a little bit more this year. So I, 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 I 
I believe that's probably why it's taking you a little bit longer on the trades, even the ones that you are reviewing. It's taking you a little bit longer, um, as it would with me. I mean, if you send me a trade, a trade, uh, I'm, I'm not going to accept it or decline it at least until a day after you send it, just because there's stuff you got to review. But I mean, they don't tell on you. I don't understand that. Maybe because you had so. I don't know. They don't tell on you. They don't well, post on Facebook. Well, I, 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 I don't tell on you. My team is so terrible right now. Really, honestly, my bench is so terrible that I haven't even like thought about sending a trade yet. I mean, I, well, don't get me wrong. I have thought about sending a trade, uh, but I mean, my team's my team looks so terrible right I ain't now. I'm not jumping jumping pages here. I I hadn't really looked at your team this season, and I know I had that hiccup with the too many wide receivers. I mean, wide receivers at the draft. But I kind of looked at your team. I was going through the team kind of looking for somebody for Cooper. Dude, you got a pretty bad-looking team. You might wind up last if you don't do something here. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it You're is in pretty, trouble. It is looking pretty bleak. I know. Okay. Yeah, I, I just think I think the biggest issue is that when you post on a page and you put basically one of the most popular players in fantasy football on the block, you're basically telling the community, I want you to come at me with all this, this stuff. I mean, you just kind of open the door. But both sides need to stop just sending blind trade offers, and they need to start talking to each other. So I just really hope that that is the biggest message. Um, if you read the, the trading tips page yesterday, that was me that posted that. That was not Will. I accidentally posted it as the overdrive admin. But so that was me. That was my. That was I saw a video on um, ESPN yesterday. It was a big uh, segment about how how leagues you know should handle trades and how how communication just isn't involved anymore, and I think that's the biggest aspect. I think if we just all communicated with each other, that's that's the fun part. Like, you're, you're missing out on the fun of a trade if you just send a, an offer through the app. The fun part is the negotiation part. Like, the fun part is sitting next door with your neighbor and you sit in the driveway for two hours trying to trying to come to common terms on who you want to get rid of. And so that's the fun part. You're missing the fun if you don't engage in that activity. So I just encourage the league to engage in that process, and they will walk away with two happy parties even if the deal doesn't get done. Yeah, and I have to commend one fella. He did do that. I got a text message last night said, Matt gave me your number. He reached out to me. And like I said, me and him have been working faithfully on trying to get a trade done. So I thought that was um, pretty And I need you to make sure that that trade doesn't get done because I'm trying to work a trade out with him as well. And our... Our trade is based off of what happens with y'all, so I, I just need you to remain stagnant for the next 48 hours and not say anything to anybody <laughs> so it can benefit me. Uh, all right. Hey, well, look, look, dude, I'm I'm, I'm a kind of afraid this week. Like I said, I'm liking my team this year. Um, I like the way they played last week. I, I don't think I'm going to be a very high-scoring team, but the person on my team that's been the shining light for me starting last week was Cobb. And now, what do y'all think on this injury with Cobb? I mean, should I really, really look into this thing real deep, or do y'all think it's nothing? I mean, he's been somewhat of a fragile player throughout his years. But uh, it's obvious that as some guy on this podcast, you know, kind of mentioned the fact that Jordy Nelson might be going downhill this year. And, I mean, we might be seeing that happen. So, I, it seems to me that Aaron Rodgers has fallen in love with Randall Cobb all over again. You have to forget a couple seasons ago when Jordy was out for the whole year, it was the Randall Cobb show. Before the Devontae Adams was there, it was Randall Cobb. And I, I just think that that chemistry is there between the two of them. And as long as he can stay healthy, this should be a magical season for him. Yeah, well, I mean, <clears throat> they've said today that he's probably doubtful 
with that chest uh, for this week's game. So Jordy was a full participant, so I think he'll he'll be suiting up this week. Yeah. I still love Jordy. I mean, he's still starting in my lineup if I have him. I mean, I hope Jordy makes it through because, I mean, um, the Dawn Patrol is really going to take a big hit if she loses Jordy because that's just her number one love affair. Um, if I'm if I'm a Jordy owner, I hope that he goes for, like, two touchdowns and 100 yards this week, and then I trade him. That's, that's a good true. way to look at it. What about um, Sam Bradford going down for the Vikings? They're saying he's going to miss the next two weeks. Do y'all think there's more to that? Um, I think there's more to that because they brought up the word Andrews. And anytime a player goes and see Dr. Andrews, which we know is like the Tommy John guy, the ACL guy, he is the doctor that you don't want to see. So the fact that he's going to pay him a visit to look at that knee really has me worried and the fact that they're already talking about getting Teddy Bridgewater involved once he comes back from the pup list uh, I think that this is a could be a major blow to the Vikings for the next you know six to eight weeks until Bridgewater could come back or may, or maybe Andrews tells Bradford nothing's wrong with him wow no yeah it, it certainly it certainly puts a damper on the uh I mean if you have Diggs or Thielen or Rudolph but I mean for, if you have Cook I mean, you're loving it, really, if you like, if you have Cook, because they're going to run the ball now uh, more than they have, probably. I don't even think I don't even think you'd love Cook, man. I like, do. Cook is Cook is going to get volume even if Bradford's in there, and at least when Bradford's there, the the passing threat is is there. Now without Bradford, you have Case Keenum. I mean, all the all the defense has to do is worry about Cook. Nah, well, we'll see. I mean, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I'm just, it's just, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to see how Keenum does, you know, does this weekend going forward. I saw enough out of him last year with Houston, and and enough out of him in this game with the past minute game that I just, I think that Case Keenum could be one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. Even so, against Blake Borders, you still. Oh yeah, he's way worse than Blake Borders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Deshaun Watson might be a little, little worse than Case. No, nah, I, no, nah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd probably take. I'd still take Watson. You, I mean, just that forty-yard, you know, that forty-yard scamper for a touchdown. I mean, that was, that was worth. Yeah, it was a magic. It was, it was a good play, but that's not going to happen every. Oh time. no, God no! I'm not saying it is. But that, it, that, that doesn't even happen a lot. I that's mean, the that, potential. You, you, you can't use that and and basically say this is going to be a good NFL quarterback because he can run for 40-yard touchdowns. I just I, – I think it's going to be bad news for Watson in the future. All right, all right. Hey, well, I'll tell you what, let's do this. I know I said we ain't got no structure, but we still need to give the people something today or we're going to hear something about it. Sean, big on matchups. So, Sean, we're going to let you take it over here and we're going to go through some of the matchups. And if me and Matt got anything, we'll just throw it in there. So you can start that off. Well, we really are unscripted today. I, I, what do you hey, mean? I'm, hey, you said you said matchups. Look, I'm going by what you said. I you know. Said I know. I know. We said we're going to go to matchups. Sean, we don't need the excuses, Sean. We don't need the excuses. You ready to I'm, do this now? I'm giving you no excuse. I got it propped up right here. I'm about to block you. <laughs> I have a I have a good matchup we could do. I think we should take three owners, put them in a wrestling ring, and take the three best players from that team, each owner's team. And then the winner of the wrestling match gets all three players. Put me in there, please. I need somebody on my team. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nobody wants the three best players from my team. Yeah. 
But yeah. okay, I mean, yeah. If we're gonna, uh, well, since we're doing this after Thursday night, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna be a little bit, a little bit different because there's already points on points on the board. So uh, obviously we'll, yeah, we'll and, start off. And with before we jump into matchups, the, the one that, before we jump into that, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut in real quick. Sorry, but uh, yeah, obviously it's Friday and you don't have a podcast yet. That is because. Um, uh, Will didn't bring this up at the beginning, fellas, but we are in the presence of a Hall of Famer. The Overdrive, guys. This is how big. I told y'all we were evolving. This is evolving at its finest. The Overdrive now has a Hall of Famer. I, I mean, you might want to turn the podcast off now because he's about to speak, and I don't know if your ears are worthy. But no, in all in all honesty, we do commend Sean for his his great achievement that he received last night, becoming a part of his. Uh, Alumni High School's Hall of Fame. So I do want to personally congratulate you on that uh, achievement. I know that you and your family are, are very thrilled about that. So carry on. Yeah, well, I mean, and just before he leave, I mean, we are, like I said, <laughs> we are in some great company here. You are an awesome, dude, and um, we're really, really proud of you. Really, really proud of you. Thank you. I, I, I think I think I told y'all not to bring that up, but thank you. Um, anyways, so. Well, I guess the first matchup we'll start off uh, with is Frozen Tundra versus uh, Catch It Like It, Catch It Like Beckham. <clears throat> so I don't think we need to talk about. it. I think it's over. I mean, obviously, Gurley went went off, right? <laughs> I mean, jeez, what the heck? I Bob, you are one lucky joker that you kept Gurley. It was it was I really wanted him really bad this year. I really did. I was hoping after his abysmal year you would have dropped him, but I, I, he actually I think he has six touchdowns already this year. Uh, which is more than he had all of last year, if I'm not mistaken. So that's that's just crazy. Through 16 quarters, or yeah, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, through through 12 quarters or whatever, he already has more touchdowns than, than 64 quarters, is what I was reading. But uh, so yeah, you're off to a great start this week with Gurley getting you pretty much 34 points. Um, and and I mean, looking down the board, you got some good matchups. You got Rodgers against Cincinnati. Uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers, I guess you, I could say, and you got Devonte Adams and Martellus Bennett. You're you're riding the Green Bay wave this week. Um, the Carson, uh, obviously, that was a that was a smart uh, pickup for you, uh, sticking him in there. I, I, I do like him this week. Uh, the only person, the only person I can see on your bench that you might uh, might want to put in, or not might want to put in, but might even consider putting in. He actually did have a big, uh, a pretty big week or a good week for him last week was either Sanu. Um, I, I think I think he's getting a little bit more involved this week. He had five catches for 85 yards last week in that offense. Um, I think he I think Atlanta's going to do some damage against Detroit's uh, um, secondary. Um, but overall, I, I do like your lineup. I, I love your matchups. Um, and on the other side of the ball, with uh, <clears throat> catch it like Beckham with Paul. He's got Roethlisberger in there uh, in an away game. Even though it's the Bears, we we all know his splits. Um, I'm not sure about the extent of Rob Gronkowski's injury. I haven't looked at it. Um, I haven't looked at it lately. Um, I, I like your matchup. He's a go. Do what? He's a go. He's a go. Okay, well, good. Thank you. So, I mean, you you you've obviously you've got off to a, a a decent start this week as well, which is why I'm not completely giving up on you with uh, Garcon. He got 15 points. That's that's pretty good for considering that offense is terrible. Um, so, I mean, I do like some of your matchups. I love Buck Allen against the Jack, uh, Jaguars defense. He's done real well the past uh, few weeks, getting a ton of volume. Um, looking at your bench, the only person I could think of or really looking at would be that Derrick Henry. You want to make sure you're up to date on Murray's 
status going forward. Uh, I'm not sure, Matt. I know you have DeMarco. I don't know if you want to give that away on, on the air. But um, <clears throat> so that's that's the main guy on your um, on your bench that uh, that I could see you might might putting in. But right now, uh, I'm gonna have to give it to Bob to Frozen Tundra just because he had a, a, a tremendous Thursday night game, and uh, and we'll leave it at that. For me. Okay. I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. Um, this match, like I said, um, Gurley just clowned with that one. Hey, but look, just to jump a little sideways, because like I said, um, we, we don't have a script, and I, these are things I just like to cover. Um, I know the name is team is Catch It Like Beckham. They ain't really been much Catch It Like Beckham all season. Um, do y'all do – I know it's only week three. Do y'all see this kind of turning around? I mean, I think it's a case of Beckham not being 100% or a case of um, – the quarterback just not being there. Well, I mean, do y'all see that turning around and Beckham having a game or Beckham starting to change? At, at this point, I don't want anything to do with the Giants. Uh, that offensive line might be the worst in football, maybe compared to Seattle, who could give them a run for their money. But this team looks absolutely terrible. They cannot do anything on offense, and I do not think Beckham is healthy, and I don't think Beckham will be healthy for another three to four weeks. It's, he just does not look flashy. He he just doesn't look like himself. And when he is healthy, I don't know if they're going to have time to throw the ball to him. Yeah, I mean the the quarterback is only as good as your offensive line. I mean the only person I the only two people I've seen that can play behind a terrible offensive line is either Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. And Eli's neither one of them. I mean, that's why he's you know led, either been the leader in the NFL in picks or or pretty close to it for like the past five or six years. Um, so, I mean, Matt hit that right on the head. The offensive line is terrible there. They have no running game. Uh, I mean, Eli can't even get the ball out on time. I don't know if you watched the game last week, but he had one of those you know Brett Favre giving Michael Strahan the sack record by just laying down. Uh, the guy wasn't even close to him. Maybe laid a finger on him, and he just went down. And uh, anytime a quarterback has that much fear in him against a four-man rush, that's pretty. That speaks volumes. I mean, not not to mention you have the head coach, you know, blaming the quarterback um, and and all kind of stuff. So that that organization right now is just in all shambles um, when it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to fantasy wise because they're not producing at all. Yeah. And and I'll I'll kind of jump back to the matchup real quick. Just a couple of key things that I I take away. Uh, you brought a Big Ben on the road, and this is not just a normal road game to me. This is at Chicago, and this this field that Chicago plays on is actually starting to develop a bad reputation as far as uh, how fast players can run on it and the grip that they have on it. This is a field that when you know Atlanta traveled there for the first week of the season, that offense did not look very good at all. And I think we all know how powerful that Atlanta offense is. So I could see a lot of players from Pittsburgh, you know, somewhat struggling to adapt to this field and especially being on the road and the struggles that Ben has on that. And then back on Bob's side, if Case Keenan plays, which I think we've pretty much officially stated that he will play week two, I don't think there's any way you can start Deshaun or uh, Stephon Diggs. Actually, there's a player on his bench that I really do like, and it's not Mohamed Sanu, it's uh, Higgins. And he just picked him up this week, but I think that Higgins could have a really big week this week uh, in Cle- with Cleveland against that Indianapolis defense. Yeah, right. yeah they, they gotta have somebody throw to it. Will, you're the host. All right, well we'll move on to the next match then. Um, like I said, um, Frozen Tundra's got that one all the way. 
So we're going to drop them down here. Um, the next matchup we got, um, hmm, first game against Hacksaw. Hacksaw, um, I'm just going to go through it quickly. and not really looked at this, but um, I'm just going to go through and get what I see, and then I'll toss it over to Matt. This was matched up pretty close, though. Derek Carr and Jameis Winston. Um, I like Melvin Gordon, Leonard Fournette. Um, and ESPN got y'all within two points. We both have terrible teams. I know. Broncos defense. I don't know, man. I can't really read this. And I mean, Chris Johnson's done. Um, Terrell Pryor, no. Um, Devontae Parker. I don't know, Matt. You see anything I don't see? <laughs> Sean broke it down. I mean, I I still see I still see Joe Mixon in the starting lineup, and I know he received a few more snaps last week, uh, but he's still he's still not uh, over snapping Giovanni Bernard, and Jeremy Hill is still a part of the picture. And to be quite frank, when Mixon has carried the ball, he has not looked very good. Uh, so I think that that is something that we really have to keep your eye on if you are a mixing owner and something that I'm certainly keeping an eye on. I think that there's obviously there's potential in him. He was a great college football player, but uh, that timeshare is something that I would don't think I would be comfortable with as my RB2 for the week. So that's that was the main thing. And then um, – other than that, I mean, it, it should be a pretty close game. I, I think that, that Cooks could have a bounce-back week this week and that Devontae Parker should shred the Jets this week. So there's some favorable matchups on Booza's side, but um, overall it should be pretty close. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to comment on mine, really. I mean, I, I, there's still some, some lineup choices that I, I haven't set in stone yet. So, um, so. Yeah, this isn't this isn't the this is not potentially my you know my lineup for Sunday, but we'll see. What about your rare prior? You think he have a better game this week? Man, that Joker is letting me down left and right. I know. But, I thought I mean, you. Would. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I got to stick with him. Uh, I mean, obviously because I don't have too much on my on my bench, so I got to stick with him. I, I got Brandon Marshall, and, you know, who's who's put up duds in that offense, like the whole rest of the offense. Um, and then Mike Wallace is my other wide receiver. So, I mean, really, I got you. Got to roll with him. I mean, I have to. I mean, and then he get more touches if I mean. Well, I'm saying if Jordan Reed thing turns out to be really serious, I mean, don't you think he can get more touches? He might turn around for you. You never know. I don't think one person's gonna carry your whole team, but he could turn out to be a light for you. But um, oh yeah, he will get. I mean, he obviously will get more touches if if Reed misses. But but I mean, we'll see. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. We can't really call that when we're looking at y'all. It might be the first. Hey, I, I do I do want to mention that we had our first this week, and the only reason is because I'm playing against them. We had our first keeper actually drop this week, I, I believe. Oh, yeah, Josh Dotson. He dropped Dotson this week. So I, I, uh, I, th- I think we all were consensus that that was a bad keeper pick, and that just kind of justified it. Sorry, Alex. Yeah. I mean, we we, we kind of knew that when, when they added prior that there was uh, going to be not a lot of room for him to get any food, so yeah, it didn't surprise me. But but kind of to talk about the prior thing, and and I I think I brought this up when we had some of our preseason shows that anytime you bring a wide receiver to a new team, 
they tend to struggle for a, a few weeks. It takes them quite a while to get that you know development between them and the quarterback and the playbook and stuff like that. So I think Pryor is going to be a solid pick. You know, later in the season, it's just hopefully he kicks it up a notch and can carry carry you to a few wins. So hopefully where you don't fall too out, too far out of the playoff race that when he does heat up it doesn't matter. Yeah, that, yeah that, that's what I'm not. That's what I'm. Yeah, because I mean I, I can't afford to go like one and four because then pretty much my season's pretty much done with. Yeah, I mean we see we see it across the board. I mean there's Kenny Britt who struggled. Um, I mean Watkins obviously had a great game last night, but first he he struggled yeah. to start off with. Marshall. Um, Marshall's done. I mean Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall. There, there's just a lot of those first year. When a, when a receiver, even though they've been established, travels to a new team, the struggle it tends to be there for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, Jeff, Jeffrey did pick it up last week, but I, I hope he. I hope Janine, I hope uh, Janoris Jenkins is healthy this week and shadows him. So that'll really help you. From what I, from what I read, Janoris Jenkins will not play. Yeah, I know. I, I said I hope. <laughs> but yeah. All right, well, all right. Let's move on. All right, the next matchup, I think. Um, um, is a good one. Get off my dick versus Dome Patrol. First team I'm talking about is Dome Patrol. Um, Doyle, of course, we hope Jordy Nelson plays. Um, Matt said it'd be nice if we got two touchdowns and about 100 yards, and then you put him up for trade. Um, she's got Julio Jones against Detroit. I think that's going to be a really, really, really big game. Um, her cousins in Oakland. Uh, but if you look on the other side, you've got Drew Brees. Sean McCoy, Des Bryant, which I'm kind of worried about on um, the Cowboys. I'll talk about that later. Um, Jarvis Landry, don't look like he's going to be playing. Cowboys defense. ESPN is looking at it and saying, get off my dick. is going to win this by at least 10 points. But I'm still going to go with Do- um, Dollar's team because I believe in um, Jordy Nelson. And I think Julio is going to have a good game. I think between the two of them, she could easily get 30 points. Um, and that can make a big difference in this matchup. She she can get thirty points with one of them. Um, <laughs> so I don't think, but I don't think Jordy Nelson's gonna. I think he's gonna play, but I don't think he's gonna get all the all the touches that he's been getting, especially if they get a big lead in the game. Well, yeah, but we'll. I mean, yeah, we'll see though. Um, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, the big. I mean, the biggest thing that I take away and that is a positive for her team would be that Frank Gore actually looked a little spry last week. Like he looked a little rejuvenated, which is hard to believe that a you know a 48 year old man could run like that. But um, it gives me hope that the Will Burgess of the world will actually will actually be somewhat good and when they get older. But anyways, that didn't really make a lot of sense. But uh, one big thing that I'm hearing is rumors out of the Giants is that uh, Paul Perkins could lose that starting job as soon as this weekend. Uh, there are rumors swirling that uh, Orleans Darkwood could get a big share of the touches this week, and if you're the Giants, you really don't have anything to lose by trying that because what you've been doing hasn't worked. So I think that uh, one thing that I, I've kind of noticed is that she hasn't really put Giovanni Bernard in. And while he hasn't had like amazing games, he he is kind of a focal point in that offense in Cincinnati. Like he might be the most consistent back out out of Cincinnati, and against a Green Bay team that you know struggled to contain Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman last week, I think that Giovanni Bernard could have a uh, a decent day at the plate. And then I know she just got Abdullah in a trade. But this is a week when I think that the the lines would probably be trailing for most of the game. I actually think that this might be the Theo Riddick show in Detroit this weekend. So 
kind of my takes on her her side. And then on the other side, I'm done with Lamar Miller. I, I, I've never really been a buyer on him. I think he's done. I think it's only a matter of time before Foreman steps into that job. I think this is a terrible matchup for Des Bryant. I think he is benchable this week, which is hard to say, but I, I don't think he is startable. And then we don't even know if McCoy can stay healthy for a whole game. So those are three big keys and three big holes from uh, get off my Ditka's lineup right now. So I think that Don Patrol could actually find herself in the win column this week. Yeah, I, I was looking across the board. I mean, I really don't like some of the matchups on get off my Ditka. Sorry, Mike. Um, he's got Drew Brees at Carolina. It's not at home, so automatically you probably deduct about 10 points off of what he would get right there. Um and then McCoy against Denver's defense, who rose up and just completely, you know, stopped uh, Ezekiel Elliott last week. Uh, you know, nine carries, eight yards. I mean, that's crazy again with that offensive line. And then, as you were saying, Lamar Miller. You know, I don't like that matchup either against New England. I mean, really, the only matchups that I do like for his team that I think will have to carry his team for this week if he wants to win is going to be Sanders. I do like Doyle. Um, and then Landry. I mean, that's the only two that I can see, um, you know, that they're going to have to carry his team. And on the other side of the board, I mean, eventually Cousins is going to heat up. I mean, he, he it's, it's, it's just bound to happen. Like you said, not only does the wide receiver have to get accustomed to it, but, I mean, the quarterback has to get accustomed to his new wide receivers as well, and especially with him losing Reed. Um, I mean, they're, you know, they're going to have to uh, – they're going to have to do something. So – for me, looking at, at at Darla's team, obviously she doesn't have anybody in the tight end right now. She's going to plug in, uh, you know, Cameron Bray against them. But the Chris Thompson one—that's the one that you have to kind of be. Uh, you, you don't need to be so enamored by that one week huge stat line that he, he's automatically somebody you want to plug in. I mean, he only had six touches, um, and but they were two touchdowns. But that's not something you can depend on every week. Um, at, like we were stating earlier, uh, so and then also she has the Houston defense against New Orleans. I mean uh, New England's offense. I don't. I don't think I've really ever hardly played a defense against against their offense consistently. I mean you know Kansas City did did get a hold of them, but so I actually I actually love her matchup this week. I really do. Um, I love Jordy. I love Julio, of course. The only one that I don't like that I could see her either plugging in Abdullah if she doesn't plug him in for Perkins. Would be the um, would be the Chris Thompson one. That's the only one that kind of kind of iffy on me. But other than that, uh, I, honestly, just because of the matchups, I know the score is projected. You know, he's well. She hasn't put in Brady. I don't know what he's projected to get this week. So it's actually closer than ten points. Um, but I'm actually gonna go with an upset, I guess you could say, and give it to Dome Patrol this week. I feel like the matchups on the left side of the screen that I'm looking at. Um, are just not going to work out this week. Thanks. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing about Chris Thompson, real quick, is that I do envision Washington being behind Oakland for a majority of this game. But I do think that this is the week that we see Washington's offense start to get back on track. I think that Cousins and uh, company should look a bit more normal. Don't forget they got a new offensive coordinator this season, so that also takes time to get used to as well. So I think if they are behind, and with uh, Rob Kelly is supposedly going to try to wear a protective vest this week to protect those ribs, I do think that we could see a lot of Chris Thompson this week. 
right. Well, seems like everybody's going for Dawn Patrol now. All right, the next matchup we got here is Breeze Bayou and Stanford Infection. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I do think um, this is going to be the matchup of the week, and I'm going to give it to Breeze Bayou. But I, before I even break it down, I just have one question. Um, um, before I even break it down, Matt, why are you not starting Terrence West? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm basically watching. I know he had a, what they're calling a soft tissue injury. Uh, I know he returned to practice yesterday, and he he could potentially play. But when anytime you have some type of like little, even if it's a small soft tissue and it's a small lingering issue, let's not forget that they have the early game in London. So there's just a lot of flying back and forth. So as of right now, I, I mean, I'm, I probably wouldn't play him just based off of the news and then based off basically whether or not DeMarco Murray is going to give it a go this weekend. And even then I would probably maybe even take a, take a, like a flower on maybe P Ryan or something and just think that, um, Kelly's really not going to suit up that much this week would be my, my go-to bet. But I'm actually struggling at the running back position a little bit this weekend. So that, that's kind of my biggest weakness just due to the uncertainty of some of these guys, I don't okay. think you're right. – well, yeah, I haven't checked on the Murray thing. I just thought about that. I think um, that's going yeah. to be a close matchup. Um, it, both of these teams are 2-0 for the beginning of the season. Uh, I think if Cam Newton has a chance, this is his week. I don't know what's going on with that offense. I don't know if Cam 100%, which I don't think he is. But uh, New, New Orleans ain't been able to do nothing with nobody in the last couple of years. So – I think if Cam Newton wants to show that Cam Newton's going to have any kind of a season, this is the week to do it. Um, and I think that Antonio Brown's going to have a great time in Chicago. And Mike Evans, um, I think he's going to have a great week. But, like I said, Mitch has a great team. But one thing about it is Atlanta's defense ain't the best in the league, but they have got a lot better. I think they're going to shake Stafford up. Um, Cromwell ain't done nothing all year long. I thought Tariq Hill was, was hurt. Is he is, – is, is, I thought he was hurt, but um, I guess not. And I'm concerned about Dallas as a whole. So um, Jason Witten been in double digits all season long. Um, it's only been two games, but I just don't. Um, I don't see him getting double digits this um, this week. And C.J. Anderson just been a beast. So for me, I, I can't really give a score on this one, but I don't see him beating um, Matt by ten. I just don't see that happen. That's what ESPN's got it predicted as. I think this is going to be the matchup of the weekend. It's going to be really, 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 really close. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be close as well. Um, but yeah, Mitch does have a, he, he has some he does have some great matchups this week. Um, that's really really going for him. Um, I mean, when when you have a you know two or three starting you know well, at least two starting running backs at, on your bench and one of them's getting 20, 20 points, I mean that means you've got a pretty good lineup if if he's not starting them in. So if you want to send them my way, which Mitch, please do. Um, let's see, but. <clears throat> Matchups wise, uh, Cam at home against New Orleans, that's an automatic start. Uh, DeMarco, I don't have him on my team, so I'm not 100% as, as far as his injury concern, although it does say he was a limited um, <clears throat> limited participant in practice. Uh, Ty Montgomery, uh, that, that's going to be a good matchup against uh, Cincinnati's t- defense. Their, their whole offense, I mean, their whole defense is just terrible right now. Uh, Brown's going to get his volume. Evans going to get his volume, even though it's against uh, Minnesota's defense. I mean, they're still going to get their tar- their share of their targets. Um, 
you know, depending on what the Jordan Reed status is, I know you just got him in a trade, uh, but I do like the Zach Miller going against Pittsburgh. And then, of course, you've got Terrell Williams at KC. Um, but um, I, I could see you taking the risk of putting Darkwa in there if he is named the starter. No, yes, no. I'm just kidding. I know you better than that. You wouldn't do that. A, because you just said that their offense is terrible. But that is a good pick for in the future if their offense does uh, – a good pickup if their offense does start clicking. But for me, uh, Mitch, just, Mitch just has he, – he's got it this week for me. I mean, it's just the matchups look very, very, very good. The only one, the only one I I don't think that can sustain what they're doing at this level right now. I'd have to agree with you, Will, or Will is Jason Witten. I don't I don't think their offense is completely in shambles. I mean, they were playing the Broncos defense. Uh, that can happen to any offense some of the times. If they're if the Broncos defense is on, you know they are they're one of the best in the league. So, um, but I. Out of his lineup, Jason Witten is the only one that I can see. Right now he's the number one tight end, but he's the one that I can see possibly putting in low numbers for him. Everybody uh, else is getting their volume and is going to put up uh, numbers for his team. All right, let me throw this at you. Let me throw this at you. Okay, Matthew Stafford. All right, Matthew Stafford. I mean, he got half of what he got the first week. He's playing in Atlanta. I'm not saying he's not going to be in double digits, but I think he won't get past 15 points. Cromwell ain't done, hadn't done, hadn't done anything all year long. Okay. Uh, but while I, while on Crowell, so Cleveland's played from behind a lot this year, which opens the door for Duke Johnson because that that's who that's their passing back. So they they play from behind. I think this is the week where Cleveland gets to play from ahead. I actually think Cleveland wins this game. So th- if if this if there's ever a week for him to break out, kind of like Cam against New Orleans, this this is Crowell's week. This is his time to shine. And I think that this is the this is the week that he comes to life. Dang it, Matt! I was gonna I was gonna respond to Will's when he was presenting that to me. You took my fantasy analysis right there. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me say this. You can have the next one. Uh, Tariq Hill, um, twenty-three points the first week, four point nine points last week. Jason Witten, you just said ain't gonna do much. So he's got four iffy players that for us the points they've been showing so the only person that leaves him wait a minute let me finish the only person that leaves him is Devontae Freeman CJ Anderson and AJ Green so you're telling me those three players if they just the other ones we just broke down you're telling me those three players up against Matt team you can just automatically give a win like that I don't think there's Four weak players right now. Uh, I I think some offenses have been. Well, in I'm looking at matchup too, though. Staff, Stafford, that's not a bad matchup for Stafford. What are you talking about? If, yeah. if that, that's uh, he's, a, they're going to be playing from behind the whole game, look, so Stafford look, is going to throw the ball okay, forty Atlanta's times. Atlanta's defense last week because I played against Aaron Rodgers held him to seven points in the first half. You want to you want to know how many points he finished with just because it was garbage time? And he was just racking up points. Hold on, let me let me let me tell you how many. I mean, I watched the game. Oh, I like, you let that. me finish. You let me finish talking. <laughs> I finished with close to twenty points after they held him, you know, to seven, and that was with a fumble and interception. So don't start with me. This or, is stuff I, 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 I right here. You know, be a daggone. That's a terrible. He Stafford is the king of garbage time points. All right, so don't start with me on that. But anyways, back to it. Uh, Matt just stole my, my fantasy analysis I was about to do about Crowell, saying that was a great matchup because they're going to feed him the rock against the you know, Indianapolis team. Uh, A.J. Green's eventually going to come around. I mean, that, I mean, they have to. Whether they, I know A.J. said that you know, they need to put their trust in Dalton, but, I mean, he's still going to get – I mean, he's A.J. Green. He's still going to get his, uh, his, his targets. 
and all that kind of stuff. But I don't. I mean, he's got the Miami's defense against the Jets' offense, which is terrible. C.J. Anderson going against Buffalo, and Buffalo's gave up the tenth most uh, fantasy points to running back since the beginning of last year. So, I mean, what's the what's the what's the bad matchup? The only one, the only two that I'll give you is maybe the Tariq Hill and the Jason Witten. But that already went over Witten. But Hill, we all know Hill is is from last year's is mainly sort of almost like a boom and bust type player, like a um, like a Deshaun Jackson kind of player. But the rest of his lineup provides him with the opportunity to put him in there and leave him in there if he wants him to. So, I'm I mean, not saying that he won't win the match, but what I'm saying is, is I don't think it's going to be 106, 106 points scoring this week. I mean, I don't. I think the match is going to be a lot closer than you think it's going to be. I, I I think he I think he definitely puts up more than 106. I can see that. Okay. All right. Well, hey, that's why we do this call. Yeah, yeah. you want to say the, the the and and so I'll I'll just kind of speak on people who own CJ Anderson. He's had a phenomenal start to the season. Um but if there's one thing that the world has taught us is that math is is a key part of this and at some point he is going to regress to his average. So he has a baseline and he's probably going to finish the season if he stays healthy towards that baseline. Right now he's way above that baseline, so he's going to come back down. So I think that now's the time. Like in some leagues, you could probably get away with trading C.J. Anderson for Ezekiel Elliott right now. Like after after the last week's performance, a lot of people watched the Denver and Dallas. That that's a trade I would make nine times out of ten. Like th- this is your opportunity from a guy who started this hot to sell him for a top tier running back before he cools off and then, and then he just you know kind of regresses towards the mean. So just just some opportunities well, there. About, and, and just to just to piggyback on that, as long as Devontae Booker is still hurt, I don't know exactly when he's coming back, but as long as he is supposed to, as lo- I was saying, as long as he's still out of the picture and just CJ and Jamal Charles pretty much leading that backfield, you can bank on CJ Anderson getting twenty plus touches easily every week. Yeah, and but I think Booker Booker started practicing this week, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't know if he'll actually suit up this week. But he probably will be active next week. So if you were looking to move C.J. Anderson and he and he just has an explosive week again this week, now while that might be nice, but you just realize that you could probably land a top tier running back, especially like if somebody like Le'Veon Bell or somebody really you know kind of craps the bed again. Like give me give me Elliott or Bell over C.J. Anderson any and every day of the week. Wait, so you're saying you you're saying to to try to pitch CJ Anderson for to get like Ezekiel Elliott or Le'Veon Bell? It could happen. Oh yeah, it could happen. Elliott Elliott just just, just carried the ball nine times for eight yards. And Le'Veon Bell has been absolute crap this entire year. I agree. So you 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 go to an owner who owns Le'Veon Bell and he's 0-3 next week, and you have CJ Anderson who's put up 20 plus points three weeks in a row. Get, tell me they don't make that hey, trade. Everybody will eventually return to their baseline. All right, is that what you said? Yes. Le'Veon Bell yes. will eventually return to his baseline of getting 50. That's why I'm saying go get him. It's the perfect sell high by low. Oh, I, I, I look. That's 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 free from the front page of MJ Dove's fantasy football advice. That is free material from the cover page. Yeah, right. I, I agree with you. He's a, definitely a sell high, but. I don't think anybody's gonna, not in our league, is gonna give up Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel Elliott for him. That's all I'm saying. And to jump back on the trade issue, um, since Matthew Walker brought this up, guys, and y'all wonder, like I said, why I'm taking a little more time with your trades and stuff like that. 
it's because I've been hanging around fellas like this and they've given me a lot of insight and a lot of things to, you know, think about as far as doing a trade. Some of the trades y'all sent me this year, I probably would have jumped on them already just because I hadn't thought it all the way through. But when you get information like this, it kind of starts to stick with you. And I get to hang out with this every single week. So I hate it for y'all. But um, I, Matthew, I'm pretty sure a lot of people needed to hear that. All right, let's jump on into the next match. Um, I usually don't go analyze my own team, but I really like my team this year. And can't nobody tell me not to, so I'm going to talk about <laughs> it. Um, you want to talk about matchup of the uh, week. We, we don't care about 2-0 versus 2-0. Nobody gives a crap uh, about Breeze Bayou versus Stafford Infection. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the matchup of the week. You want to talk about blood, sweat, hate, rivalry? <laughs> this is the matchup of the week. We're not. We're talking Iron Bowl is nothing compared to this, ladies and gentlemen. You want to have your eyes glued to this matchup this Sunday. Carry away. Carry on. Uh, let's start the matchup off, but I don't like the dude. I'm saying that. Everybody's listening. I don't like him. I just don't. So I would really love to beat him. I don't understand why he changed the name of his team. I don't know if that was some kind of insecurity thing or something like that. Or maybe he got upset that David Johnson went down. I don't know. I think he changed with that whole... You know, Johnson thing going down, it messed with him a little bit. But let's jump on into this. Um, Probably because we've had like 18 episodes and we still can't say the dude's name right. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean just sub- subconsciously, when he has that name, the born, you know, the born, the born is identity. I- I'm already saying born identity in my head before I speak it. So it's like hard to kind of just be like, you know. Well, it's I your fault, Sean. Is. I know how to say it. It's your fault. Maybe he's saying he couldn't hey, even I'll keep take, his I'll team take, name because y'all don't. I'll take blame for it. That's not a problem. Well, might, he might have changed his name because he lost his identity. He, he might, might be a Jack Ryan. I don't know. I mean, I mean the, the hunt for Red October. I don't know. Maybe that's something across the water or something. But anyway. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> anyway. Um, um, it's going to be a good matchup. I mean, like I said, I mean, Ryan, you're all right, dude. You get on my nerves, but you really do. You're all right. Um, I want to beat you this week. I mean, when I looked at it after the draft, I was like, this dude got some great keepers. He's got a great team. And now, I mean, you've lost your running back. Your whole team. Let's, let's get to the fact that you just said, I want to beat you this week. I will give you $20 if you can find me a fantasy football owner who has ever said, I don't want to beat you this week. You're not. But this dude I don't like. Okay. I ain't beat him yet. So, I mean, like I said, when you beat, if I beat Ryan, that makes my season. It really does. Because he talks like he, there's no, it's almost like, I really believe this dude think he can, he can replace all three of us on this podcast and just do the overdrive himself. I really believe he's that cocky. And I, I give him props for it. But when you look at this matchup this week, he's got some weakness going on. And like I said, this could be a good week for me. And so um, I'm just really excited about the matchup. I like my team, and so um, like I said, we'll see what happens. But I'll let y'all take it from here. Ryan, we're going to see, but I don't like your old name, and I don't like your new name. The first problem, uh, before I even jump into any type of analysis, is that you have Kelvin Benjamin on your bench against perhaps the worst defense in the last decade of football. So I, I don't understand how anybody in their right mind could have Kelvin Benjamin not suited up, especially you got a guy in there who's going to wear a dang – protective vest like he's about to get shot by a riot control or something like but that's that's the first weakness i see right there so if you want to be competitive you got to bring your best players to the table so that that's another some free free information from mj does fantasy football advice like i'm just saying there ain't there's not a cornerback on new orleans that can that can that can hang with uh kelvin benjamin 
except maybe Lattimore, and he's dealing with dang concussions. Oh, is it my go? Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you go. <laughs> well, I didn't. I, I, I'll jump in and out. Hey, I've been doing it all call. No, so. You're good, man. Will Will's been uh, you know, Will's been on it for for this matchup, so I was just gonna let him roll with, with it. But yeah, um, you know, just you know, looking at some of the matchups, um, of course you got uh, Ajayi start off the start off the season hot. Um, I like Cooper at Washington. Delaney at C- C- Seattle, like you said, I- I'm not big on on Kelly just because of the protective thing. Um, I think Cobb is is, is said he's doubtful for the game already, so you're kind of limited who you can put in as the flex. But you know, as Matt said, probably Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, New England's defense against a rookie quarterback, I mean that that suits you pretty well. Um, Seattle's defense definitely definitely hasn't been anything you know like their their selves. Um, I know last week's game was just a, a, a horrible, ugly game against uh, the 49ers, but that's because the 49ers don't have an offense. Uh, Tennessee actually has an offense. I, I think they'll they'll do a little bit more damage against Seattle's defense. But uh, jumping into you know the hunt for the hunt for Red October, Jack Ryan over here. We got uh, he started off the week probably not on a good note. I know he said he loves waking up, looking at his lineup when he's you know got a big lead, but he he just Kept 24 points on the bench. Although, you know, you probably, you know, you can definitely not start Watkins. He hasn't started the year. But I actually enjoyed waking up this morning looking at that, knowing that he only had 24 points on his – he had 24 points on his bench, not in his lineup. So I'm enjoying looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, we, do, we love you, Ryan. We're just messing with you. But uh, you got Palmer starting. Uh, he hasn't looked all that impressive this year. Uh, I think he'll do a little bit better against Dallas's um, defense. Uh, although last week they got they got torched by Anderson, so there wasn't much potential to be throwing against them. But um, of course, I'm I'm not up to date with the Jordan Howard injury. I'm not sure if he's going to play or if he's not going to play. I know you played him last week and he put up a dud for you because of that shoulder. Um, and it says he's a full participant this week, so you really have a you know kind of have to figure out if you want to start Cohen or start. Howard, uh, you pretty much have to pick and choose which one you think is going to be the dud and which one's not. So <clears throat> good luck with that one. Uh, Kelsey's going to be his usual self. Um, uh, I like Demarius Thomas against uh, Buffalo's secondary. And then let's see who else you got. Fitzgerald at, at Dallas. Like I said, Fitzgerald's only going to do as good as probably Carson will. So, uh, I mean, it's right now, wow, it has will. It has you projected to beat him. I didn't even realize that. Um but I I'd have to actually give it to you, Will. Not because I not because of we're making fun of you, Ryan, but based on some of the matchups, I do like I mean the only person I don't like on Will's team, obviously he's not gonna keep Mike Kelly in there, but the only one I don't like necessarily is the James White just because it's a running back, you know, for New England. You never know who's gonna get the totes, who's gonna get what as far as the backfield's concerned. So that's the only the only thing I have. But I'm going to have to go with Will on this one. Uh, I like his matchups. I don't like Curse against Miami's defense. So, well, uh, we'll, we'll see how it falls this weekend. Hey, not to get free advice on the call. Well, I guess it is to get free advice on the call. The reason I had what's coming, if y'all look down the bottom, I've got Devin Funchel and Kevin Benjamin. I don't really know which one of them actually I need to swap out. Neither one of them really done anything, and I ain't got a whole lot of faith in Cam Newton right now. Um, and so my, my, my thing is when you got two people sitting in that position for people out there listening right now 
They're both on the same team, playing the same team. And so, of course, Kelly's not going to stay in there. But when I'm stuck in that position, that equaling up, do y'all see advantage on either one of them? Uh, well, I mean, I just don't see there any way you can bench Kelvin Benjamin against New Orleans. But if you don't like him, I mean, I'm more than happy to trade for him. Yeah, I mean, it's you. You, you never. I, well, obviously, you never want to start. I mean, we posted a an article for the page, you know, giving a statistical reason why you never start two wide receivers for the same team in your lineup. Obviously, you're not going to do that. But, um, I mean, Funches did real well last week. Whenever Olsen went down, I mean, he got he got. A lot more targets than he usually gets. I think he got like seven or eight last week. So, I mean, it really, it's just pick your poison. Which one? Which one? You? I mean, is, is, you kind of go with your gut. How do you think game flow is going to go uh, against? I mean, but really against New New, uh, New Orleans defense. I mean, you saw what Diggs and Thielen did. So, yeah. it's really you know, Calvin Benjamin is more of the Diggs type person. He's going to be your red zone target. He's going to be you know your throw it up one on one ball type matchups, and then. Funches is going to be more of your kind of like your slot guy and stuff like that since, you know, middle of the field attacker since. I hey, remember Greg Olson went down. So That's what I'm saying. So it's really, it just depends on how you want to go with game flow. But for me, I want the guy who's going to be getting the red zone targets when the offense does get in there, you know, because the name of the game is scoring touchdowns, you know, not yards. So uh, for me, I mean, I'd, I'd have to put in uh, Benjamin. But, I mean, both of them I think are going to have good games just because of the matchup. Yeah, yeah, just because of the matchup. Right. So I actually have a, a bold prediction for this matchup. So buckle your seatbelts. You might want to pull over. I don't want to cause no wrecks. I'm saying that James White will have more fantasy points this week than Mike Gillisley. Really? So, I, yes. See, but Gillisley's uh, the, you know, uh, well, I guess I can see that with the... Uh, you know, the Houston front is pretty good. It's probably stopping the run. So if they do get in goal line situation, I can see them standing up strong uh, and not letting Gillisley uh, score a touchdown inside the five or whatever. But, I mean, like like, like we said, Gillisley's the new LeGarrette Blunt. So, I mean, if he gets in the red zone, he's the, if they get in the red zone, he's going to be the one first and second down that's going to get the carries. All right, James White ain't been bad all season. But you remember that was that trade that we made live, our first live – trade at the draft. Wasn't that the trade? I don't think Hogan yeah. really done anything for him. When I drove away looking at that trade, I was like, he got me. But in a way, I'm kind of thinking, okay, I may have got the better deal of this. Well, when you have a lineup like his, he hasn't even had to start Hogan. So. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and see, Nor would he ever have to start James White if he was on his team. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, he, he really... Yeah. I mean, see, Houston's defense is a lot better than what New Orleans was last week. So I don't, I don't know if I see James White getting as many yards receiving because he only had two carries last week running the ball. I mean, he, he's he's mainly like a Deion Lewis kind of guy. You know, he depended on those receptions, and I just, I don't know, I, I can't see him getting as many as he got last week against Saints. So, but but all in all, I do give, I do tilt to Will this week. All right, well let's 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 move on. I appreciate that. The last matchup we got here is the Brady Bunch versus. Zeke and ye shall find. Zeke and I should run off the field. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, dude, I'm not happy with that dude, but we'll talk about that later. Um, Matt, we'll let you start this one off. Um, I'll give you what ESPN got. They got Zeke and Shell Fine winning this one basically by about 10 points. Um, I got some notes on Dallas later, so I'm not even going to Dallas for my notes. So, Matt, we'll let you start this one off. 
Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, overall, I would have to say that I favor uh, probably Zeke and Eshel Fine's lineup. You know, I think that Crabtree against Washington, probably one of the you know, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, should come away with a pretty good week. New Orleans should probably going to be playing behind a lot in Carolina, so Mike Thomas, who hasn't really lived up to the reputation so far this year, I think he should put together a solid outing. Uh, the biggest thing I kind of worry about is Dalvin Cook at the moment because like uh, without Bradford playing, I think that Tampa Bay could probably jump off to an early lead again, putting them in that pass mode like they, they probably will be in. And on the other side, Hopkins, I've, I've expressed how bad I think that Deshaun Watson is. Now, while I think Hopkins is getting a ton of targets for Watson, um, I just don't think that Hopkins is a sustainable wide receiver one this year. I think that if you were a Hopkins owner, you should probably try and sell him based off the fact that he's getting so many targets. I just don't think that that combo is going to be any good this year. And then uh, I think, obviously, Le'Veon Bell's going to bounce back at some point. I don't know if it's this week, though. I think I think we're still another week or so out before he bounces back. And then Houston, is they still have a good defense. So I, I don't think that Tom Brady is going to have a bad game, but I don't think he's going to go off. I, I think we might see anywhere from like an 18 to 20-point game which would be a good good performance. But overall, just based off matchups, I, I think that the Cowboys will bounce back this week and uh, get back in the win column. And I think that that will help Brandon, you know, win this week. All right. Well, let's see. Yeah, you, you did pretty well there, so there ain't much for me to, to add to it. And uh, like you said, I, I like the matchups on the right side. Zeke and you shall find. Um you know, Crabtree went off last week. Obviously, I don't think he's going to get three more touchdowns, but he looks like he's more the go-to guy than Cooper is right now. Um, I, honestly, as long as Cook gets those, you know, gets as many carries as he's getting every game. I, I know he didn't, he didn't, he didn't even get but twelve last week, so I don't know what what went on there. But I mean, Sam Bradford wasn't in the game, and they were playing behind the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that. But let's see, who are they playing this week again? Tampa Bay. They're, it's going to be a close game, I think, with their defense, uh, keeping them in the game. So I can see that him definitely running the ball a lot more, so I think he's going to get a little bit more volume because even on 12 carries, he still produced uh, really well. I mean, he averaged almost you know six yards a carry, uh, at least over five yards a carry, uh, even with only those 12 touches. So I think he's going to uh, do a little bit better this week. I think it'll be a closer game. Um, I like all the other matchups. Obviously, Gillisley is a touchdown machine. Uh, we just we just talked about that just a second ago. Uh, Baltimore's defense against Jacksonville. Baltimore is going old school. They they stop the run. Uh, they do nothing but run the ball themselves. So they are really uh, they're really coming back into form as far as as far as the defense is concerned. So really, uh, I I really do like uh, Zeke and you shall find on the. Um, uh, winning this week against the Brady Bunch. Right. Well, there you have it, people. That's your matchup for this week. Now, let's jump into um, some fun stuff. Hey, let's look at some of these players, and y'all kind of tell me what y'all think about. What's the – um? I thought about this one. Is, is is Carolina trying to figure out what's going on with Cam, trying to get him going? What's the holdup, or do, you, do y'all see them getting McCaffrey going? I thought he'd be – you know, we see a little bit more out of him right now. What's going on in Carolina? Jonathan Stewart, man. I mean, people think that this guy is not, like, relevant. This is, like, a faithful running back who has performed very well 
for this team, and they're not just going to shove him to the background because they got a new shiny toy. Uh, the struggles with Cam Newton, I mean, we got to forget the dude did not even see any preseason action, didn't participate in a lot in training camp due to the surgery he had this offseason. So I think it's going to take a f- couple weeks for him to kind of round out into form, or at least I hope he does. Uh, so, but I, I like I like I've kind of been on board since the beginning of the year. I just don't think McCaffrey is going to give you the value that you thought he was going to give you based off where you drafted him. All, all I will say is, yeah, I, Matt hit everything else as far as the Cam Newton, um, you know, not playing preseasons, offseason shoulder surgery, all that kind of stuff. But if there is one game where he will get back on track, and if there is one game that I really like McCaffrey. It would have to be this matchup. Yeah. I mean, obviously McCaffrey hasn't produced um, as well as a lot of people hope this week. I don't know what Will Jr. is doing in the back right there, but that is that is very funny. But <laughs> but anyways, if there's one game that I that you pretty much love everybody on Carolina's offense, it is this week against New Orleans. So I mean, I can see Caffrey um, at least at least meeting his uh, projection for the week, which is about 10 and a half, 11 points. I can see him meeting that this week against uh, New Orleans defense. And I, I think this week will give Cam more confidence just because he's going to be hitting open targets. Even with Olsen gone, I think that helps McCaffrey as well. Uh, McCaffrey will be the check down more likely than, than pretty much what Olsen was, you know, the security blanket. So I think he's going to get a ton of targets out of the passing game, and they're going to shred New Orleans defense. Like everybody, I think it's going to take a big play from McCaffrey out of the passing game to to have a relevant week this week. And uh, I just, man, I just think I think that this is obviously a week that it could happen. He'll probably see a lot of coverage with uh, the rookie Alex Anzalone, who kind of got burnt a couple times last week, although it was by Gronk and uh, Burkhead, I think, burning one time. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, if he's going to have a big week, I agree, it's this week, but. I think it's still going to take a big play for him to be an RB two. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I love him for this week, not going forward, but I love him for this week as far as McCaffrey is concerned. Um, I, I don't, I don't like him the rest of the year necessarily. Um, pretty much for me, he's a he's a matchup dependent type person. Like he's only going to be valuable in certain matchups where uh, you know they're really going to have to utilize him out of the backfield, the passing game. I don't think we, like you said, Stewart has been a steady guy. Uh, you know he's going to get his touches, so really McCaffrey's only going to make his big, like you said, big plays and 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 his become valuable is out of the passing game. And with Olsen gone, especially this matchup, you know this is going to be a good week. So I don't know what their remaining games are, at least for the next six to eight weeks while he's on IR or whatever. Um, but for me, he's a a matchup dependent type player right now, and not like you said, not even RB two, maybe flex. Yeah, and while you you know we brought up Greg Olson obviously being out a lot this uh, call, but don't sleep on Ed Dixon. Uh, I think that he could be a pretty good replacement behind Olson. He's proved to be uh, pretty good in that Carolina offense. So a lot of people think with Olson being gone, obviously that is a blow to the team because he is a you know a productive tight end. But I think that Ed Dixon is is quite capable of doing what Greg Olson has done. Okay. Um, all right, let's jump over into Dallas for a second. And you know the media can blow things up. Um, just, just they're they're good at doing that. But I know both of y'all heard all the talk about Zeke giving up on the team and stuff last week. Um, my take is, I mean, I think he 
he was frustrated. I can't really go and say the man gave up on the team, but I do think he could have done a little more on the um, when he had a chance on the defensive side, but he just didn't. Um, did y'all read anything into that, or you think the media is just talking? Well, uh, I mean, did you see the play where the guy picked the guy? Yeah, he was running like a slant route or whatever, and the guy made the interception, and Zeke just stood there and just watched him yeah, run back. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, he could have he could have called him from behind, especially you know whenever you return an interception, you know you got to juke and jive unless it's a clear shot. I mean, you got to you know be cutting across the field, so he could at least gave an effort. Um, I mean, he just stood there and just watched. So for me, I mean, that just that's as a you know to a coach, that does not sit well. I mean, that that defines giving up on on a. I'm not saying he's given up on the entire team. He gave up on that play, but the problem is you don't want to make that you know you don't want that to develop into a habit. It just doesn't it doesn't sit right. It, it's sort of I, I hate to bring him up and I'm not going to talk too much about him, but it's it's sort of similar to how Cam does with the whole towel over his head. Yeah. It's just not a look, you know what I'm saying? So you, for me, I'm not going to say he gave up on the team. Uh, he definitely gave up on that play, uh, but it just it, it's just not a good image. Uh, it's not good optics going forward for him right now. A uh, bigger part for me is he was having – that was this was his worst week. I mean, it's only the second week, but, I mean, he was having a horrible game. Um, he wasn't getting nowhere in the game, and then this is the kind of attitude or the persona that you gave off. So, like I said, I can't call him out for that, what he did, but I'm saying just going off of the media and watching the game, it almost appears that that's exactly what he did. But I just was wondering what, what would be y'all thoughts on that. So, I'm not a, a big Zeke fan, but he let's remember that he's, he's still a kid. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt this time because this is a kid that's coming from a very successful college uh, program where he won a lot and he did a lot of uh, successful running and he, he didn't see a lot of struggles and he's also came into his rookie year where he was the best running back in the NFL his team went deep into the playoffs once again he saw a lot of winning and a lot of succeeding this is the first time I think that uh, Elliott has really been put in his place and actually struggled to do what he wanted to do he could not run the ball his team got absolutely dominated and I just think that he's going to have to learn and how to mature and learn how to lose. And that's the biggest piece of this is just not – this is unfamiliar territory for him. Well, see, for me, what bothers me, I guess, about it is you know you're going to be serving a six-game suspension. So you can't be doing stuff like this. I mean, you, you're already – I mean, your your image already takes a hit just from all the off-the-field stuff that, you know, that's happened. It's not just the domestic violence thing. It's also, you know, the bar incident and all that kind of stuff. So for me, you know, you don't want your image off the field. To if you're doing real well on the field, they'll put up with it to a certain degree. But once that image starts transferring onto the field that you're giving up or that you know, you know, it just doesn't look good. And for me, I mean, he he should know that right now, you know, he he already has six games that's going to be taken away from him, and he needs to produce like crazy or effort wise, not you know, obviously not you know, stats wise, but Effort-wise, it needs to be 100% every play. I mean, that you ju- you just have to do that. You can't you can't give up on any play. All right. All right. Um, Prescott two interceptions. Was it just a team he was playing up against, or? Uh, no, I I I talked about this continuously over and over. The the year he had last year was one of a kind. There's no way he does that again. This is not going to be the first time this year he throws two interceptions. It's going to happen multiple games. So this is just 
when you we talked about it before, this is he had an unbelievable season last year. This is what we call regressing to the mean. There's got to be regression. You don't have seasons like he had last year every year of your NFL career. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and he was, I mean, he was playing against a pretty stout defense. So, um, I mean, he's he's done decent this year. It's not like he's been a scrub. I mean, he's still putting up over 15 points a game right now. I mean, he's he's average right now. Maybe this is his mean because last year we didn't really get to see his mean. It was all good. So maybe maybe right now he is playing at his mean, which is you know obviously like Matt's saying it's not as good as last year, but maybe this is what you kind of expect from him going forward. Okay. Okay. Uh, another player, Carson Wentz, um, sitting at number five as far as quarterbacks. I mean, um, do 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 we hang in there? Or do y'all see it going the other way? Sean, you're saying really I'm excited. You really excited about this one? It, it, it's I'm buying. It, it, it's hard for me to say because he started like this last year and then he finished out terrible. But this is year two, um, and this is the year where uh, quarterbacks are supposed to show the most actual improvement. Um, and he's looked great this year. He really has. Uh, he's got a real rapport with his with his um, with his wide receiving core. Even though they you know added uh, Alshon Jeffrey, I mean he's thrown for at least two touchdowns and 300 yards every game. Um, and both of them were away games at Washington and at the Chiefs. So uh, I mean he's looked really good. I mean really there's nothing he hasn't put anything on film for me to say that he cannot sustain this. Um, because he's actually he's actually looked looked really well. Um, both, like I said, both away games as well. So um, <laughs> yeah, but right. but for me for me, I've I've always said not until about week four do you well week four or five do you really find out exactly what a team is. Um, and last year at week four, I think they were four and zero, and then they went terrible last you know the rest of the year. So we'll you know maybe maybe that'll change this year. I don't know. Um, but we'll see. But for right now, he's showing out. So if if for me, he's a sell high because I don't think, um, especially looking at some of his scheduling, especially when it gets to to playoff time, it's not uh it, it's not it's not looking real good. You got you know to start the playoffs right at the end. You got three straight away games at Seattle, at the Rams, and and at the Giants. So we'll see we'll see how it, uh, how it goes for him. All right, um, Todd Gurley, the big game. Another one to think about. He's had four fumbles already this season. A concern? I think. Oh, I think Matt wants you want to say something about Wentz. I, I would just say that if there was one thing that that I like about Wentz that's comparable, and and this is a big compliment, and that's uh, he's kind of like Aaron Rodgers esque in the fact that he can avoid pressure and step up into the pocket and extend plays. And he looks almost flawless doing that. And he also provides a rushing uh, aspect to his quarterback play. So you're going to get it probably, you know, anywhere from 40 to 50 yards rushing from him each game. Along with he's got he's got the big arm, he can make all the throws. So I would actually watch out for Carson Wentz. I think he could be a a top tier NFL quarterback. Okay. Hey, well, before we get ready to get out of here, a couple things. More things I wanted to throw at y'all guys. Um, my next person out, um, Gurley, the four fumbles already. Concern? My concern would be that that a lot of his touchdowns are obviously coming like from within the five yard line. So the expectations that he's set the first couple weeks is not going to be maintainable. But the guy looks explosive, and the Rams are using him in 
all kind of different ways. So kind of like a, a volume is a big issue with him. So I think that we could probably see a pretty big season from Gurley. I just wouldn't expect him to do what he did the last couple of weeks every week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the last few the last few weeks have been. I mean, he, he's been targeted a ton actually in the in the in the offense this year. Um, but as long as he gets the volume, yeah, he's not going to get 28 carries or anywhere close to that every game. But as long as he stays between 15 to 20 at least, or maybe a 15 to 22 carries or whatever, I mean, he's going to produce for you. Um, and like I said, they, they don't have anybody else in the back. He's your goal line back. So as long as this offense maintains drives and can get inside the red zone, um, and he's he's got favorable – well, now nah, looking at his schedule, he doesn't have that favorable matchups. But, I, I mean, I, I think he'll – He'll produce. I mean, right now he's obviously probably the number one back. I think besides maybe um, Hunt, so he's number two. But this week, you know, obviously this week hasn't went in. It went in yet. We'll see what Hunt does. But at this pace, I mean, he's definitely going to be a top five back. It looks like this year. So, all right, let's get out of that fantasy advice before we get out of here. Um, we talked about the Bradford thing. I mean, they, Matt said he's kind of kind of concerned anytime they bring Andrews up in the picture. Um, the Adam Thielen thing. Um, if you own him right now, you know what's going on with Bradford, and you know you you're looking at the rest of your team, and you need some help. Is it would you put him? Would you put him? Would you put him on trading block? I sell every Viking I have. Did you hear that? Uh, maybe not. I wouldn't sell Cook. If it's if it if it's a redraft league and you're not eligible to keep Cook, oh, yeah. I sell Cook too. Obviously, yeah, yeah, we're in a keeper league, so but. Yeah, if, okay, maybe if you're not in a redraft or a, you're not in a keeper league, then yes. You could potentially um, probably sell, uh, you know. I would sell but, Cook for somebody like Carlos Hyde right now. I mean, I, I bet that's a trade that you could probably get away with making. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could see that. In a non-keeper league, I, I could see that for sure. Okay. All right. Um, like I said, we're going to get out of here, but I just got one more for people that's just fantasy. I like to deal with the new people because that's kind of where I look at myself. And I'm going to give you one, Sean, and Matt, you take one. Matt, yours is you're new to fantasy. You're sitting at, you know, 0-2. You, you can't really analyze your team. You don't really know, you know, but you know that, you know, your team's not doing it. You thought you drafted a pretty good team. You're sitting right here now. Where do you go from this point? What do, what do you do? If I'm 0-2, then the the thing I look at is my depth. So I see if maybe I have one player that may be carrying my team, but I have a lot of holes in the the rest of my team. So let's say maybe I have like an elite wide receiver, right? And then I have like a couple of other good wide receivers, but my running backs are not really good. So I I would maybe take that, that elite wide receiver and see if I could get to... Uh, running backs who are startable. I'm not going to give away my elite wide receiver for one good player. It's not going to happen. If I'm giving away an elite wide receiver, you are going to give me two good, reputable starting running backs who are going to receive volume, or I'm going to get a good stud running back and maybe another wide receiver who's not quite as good. So you just have to evaluate where your team is, find your strengths, find your weaknesses, and if you are really strong in one area, then uh, I would sell that and try to fill the holes especially if you were one of the people who took um, a quarterback early or something like that, or maybe you have like an elite quarterback. And when we have the play of some of these uh, lower-tier quarterbacks that we've seen so far, I would I would possibly sell my quarterback for a couple of some, – for some depth. All right. Um, Sean, yours is 
you're sitting there, um, you got your team, and you just got a lot of questionable. You got a couple of players that's already down. Say you had David Johnson. Um, how much should, uh, especially a rookie or somebody just playing fantasy football, read into the questionable? Because me, years ago when I seen it, I think, okay, I need to get rid of this guy. I didn't really go back and do the research as far as a person being hurt. So you sitting there, you got three or four question marks right there on your your your, your team. How how much do you read into that? Well, uh, actually, last year ESPN uh, they changed the way that they rule players, you know, questionable for a game. Because it used to be you were either uh, a full participant as far as you're good to go for the game, you'd be probable, which means you know you were 75% going to play, or you were doubtful. I mean, or you were questionable, which is 50-50, or you were doubtful. Sorry. Now, ESPN, any injury, it doesn't matter if a guy has, you know, a, a sprained finger or something. Obviously, he's going to play through, and he's not going to be um, – it's, it's not going to hinder him playing at all. But he has to be listed as questionable. They, 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 got, they got away with the probable um, designation. So, really, you just have to, you have to you know, stay up to date with your players, uh, read, read um, you know, the status reports, whether he was a full participant in practice, a limited pers- – participant in practice, but you also have to be familiar with the type of injuries. Um, you know, some injuries are, even if he was a limited participant or maybe if he was a full participant, um, but like the, the Rob Kelly thing, obviously he's probably going to give it a go. Hey, hey, he's probably going to give it a go. We got a, we got a, a little one on here. He's probably going to give it a go, but the, the nature of his injury, uh, you know, suggests that he's probably not going to be able to sustain a full workload for a game. Um, he might just be a situational back. So, uh, really, you have to get familiar with the injuries, what type of injuries, how it... Hey, enough of that. You're done. <laughs> you just told the child you're done. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. Oh, my oh. God. Oh, God. Jeez, I heard y'all done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> hey, that needs to be the name of the title of this podcast. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so so anyways, back to that. Matt, write the time down. What is that? One twenty. Uh, oh, we're not hitting that out, brother. That's priceless. This is live. No, no, no. We're not hitting that out. Um, but, okay, but um, all right. So, and my last question for both of you guys. Um, like I said, I like helping the new people out because I got a couple of people in my job that are new in fantasy, and they walk up and they ask questions. So. Right now, at this moment, you're going in. Well, first off, if you have new people in fantasy football, then you should obviously refer them to MJ Dell's fantasy football advice, and then they won't be new anymore. They will have years of knowledge at their disposal. Did y'all hear that? MJ Dubs fantasy football advice dot com. We're gonna get that set up. But anyway, new people in fantasy <laughs> football right now. Um, they're sitting there. You're going into the third week. Um, What's the mindset you should have right now? Whether you two and two, whether you zero and two, whether you one and two, you know, because new you think, okay, well I'm winning, I'm winning, I'm good, I don't need to change anything. You think you, I used to think, okay, well look, I won last week, I won the week before, I shouldn't change my lineup, I should leave it like it is, because I didn't know how to look up at matchups and stuff like that. So you're going into week three. What's the mindset right now? Uh, the biggest thing for me is never remain stagnant. Uh, whether you're 1-0, 2-0, 3-0, you still need to be making moves because you can always make your team better. I'm, I'm doing that this, this week as we speak. I'm already, already making moves to try to fill holes in my team. 
Um, and these are holes that you know potentially could have led me to lose games, depending on who I was playing. But you, uh, the biggest thing I look for within like the first four to five weeks, because I, I feel like kind of kind of like with Sean, after we get into like the first five or six weeks, that I think we, the NFL is what it is after those those amount of weeks. So right now I'm looking for sell high and buy low candidates. You know, people who are giving up on some studs who are not off to hot starts, or I'm or if I have some players who have bad histories that I can sell who have gotten off to hot starts. So that's the biggest thing I look for in the first four weeks. Anything now, Sean? Sean, you still with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm still with you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like Matt said, you're always looking for ways to improve your team. Um, you you, you want to constantly be in the in the uh, in the trade market. Uh, you uh, obviously you you not only want to keep up with your team, but you want to keep up with how everybody's team is doing. I mean, I go through pretty much everybody's lineup every week, and and I read everything about everybody's lineup. Um, just to see if there might be a guy on somebody's bench, like Matt said, that might not be off to a hot start, um, that I can pick up that I feel like will will get hot as the as the season goes goes on, or vice versa, or he's off to a hot start, uh, and he might he might go slow if he's on my bench. I might try to you know get rid of him. So, I mean, it just, like Matt said, I mean, he pretty much summed it up. You want to always look for ways to improve your team. You know, try to fill in, try to fill the holes in your team. If 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 there's one position that you're lacking in, you know, you know, if if you have to give up a little bit, like Matt was saying earlier, if you have to give up one player to fill two spots, I mean, you're, you know, that that's a successful trade. So, all right, well there you have it. My limited advice, um, right here, I'm gonna throw in is is some I've experienced. Even if you're having a horrible season, like you've lost both games and um, or you had a horrible week, don't get frustrated. Um, there's quite a bit of games left. you got quite a bit of matchups left. Um, you start playing fantasy football for a reason. Um, you want to win. That's where all of us do this. So um, like these two guys said, just take the time and do some research and do some work. But don't get frustrated and don't set your lineup because as soon as you get frustrated and say, hey, well, my team ain't winning, you'll go back on there and, you know, you're benched and scored 75 points and you're, you're just irritated then because you look kind of dumb. So don't give up on your team. Um, you're playing this game for a reason um, and just keep it at that. Let me take care of a little business. Um, guys, we're still looking for your questions. Um, we appreciate you listening. Once again, I'm going to give it to you. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, we're on um, at the Overdrive PC. Um, Facebook is the same thing, the Overdrive PC. And um, we're also available by email, which is the Overdrive Podcast at Outlook.com. And um, these two great fellows that I work with, Matthew Walker and um, Hacksaw himself, have started writing um, articles, some amazing articles. If you really want to um, dig deep into, you know, you watch the game and you want to really get the breakdown of that game without going through 15 different web pages and clicking on all these links and having to subscribe to all this junk to read the, you know, the premium notes, go to check out our um WordPress account. Basically, it's just the overdrive. So check that out and read some of these guys' articles and let us know what you think. But um, with that said, it's been another great week of the overdrive, and um, we're going to get out of here. Just want to thank Matthew Walk and Hacksaw Collins, and we'll talk to y'all next week. <laughs>